0: Hey folks, Zach Ostroman here, IU Insider, Indianapolis Star. It is uh, Monday. The days are bleeding together, November twenty eighth, and we have a special guest back, Dustin. How is beautiful Los Angeles? Are the wine and the women and the salmon of Capistrano all flowing down the boulevard? Um, is is your is is your hotel room basically just the set from the fifth scene of Californication? How, how are things?
1: It's <laughs> exactly what it is. There's just alcohol and drugs brewed, sp- strewn all over this place. Um Hank it's an-
0: riding pacers insiders.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If MJ watches this that is, that is not actually what's happening. Uh it is pretty though. Uh I'm downtown um and so it's kind of different, I guess. Uh but I don't know if it's different than what you expect. I don't know, but uh it's nice, it's beautiful here. And you know, like like staple center area is like Times Square, like it's big video boards and the whole bit. Um, but uh yeah, I'm right by uh Los Angeles City Hall. I can see that outside my window, which is like a a, a pretty, you know, pretty cool, I guess, kind of iconic structure. But uh yeah, no, it's nice out here, it's gigantic. I mean, LA is just ridiculous, just as a area, and it's you, you know. You get over that mountain when you're coming here, and you're like, "Oh my God!" There's like 10 million people now, right now. I have said like we haven't looked out like you look out your plane flight window and you don't see any humans, and then all of a sudden they're all there, and it's Southern California, and that's it. But anyway,
0: yeah, it's Big Ten country. I mean, I think it's it's yeah. what you classically think of as uh, as, as exactly Big Ten country.
1: It, um, it really feels like Madison out here. <sighs> um, we're bringing
0: it's it's cold and wet and windy in Bloomington, by the way, so it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. We're bringing Dustin back in for one more. Uh, Mind your banners before now we we let him go uh, fully into to pacer land Um, to to recap the football season, because obviously Dustin covered a lot of it. He also covered all of last season, Um, you know, and and you, you Dustin, were around for really, I think, the, the beginning of kind of the building process that led to a lot of Indiana's success from about 2013 to 2020. And this podcast is as much as it can in 40 minutes, I, I, is going to try and capture basically just where does Indiana go from here? Um, and I think mm-hmm. it's important to set a couple things out, you know, right away. Number one, Tom Allen's not getting fired. Um, and that's been clear for weeks now. Um, but unless something changes dramatically, uh, that's not happening. Number two, Indiana will still remain in the Big Ten West or excuse me, the Big Ten East next year. That is divisions, I think, are going to go away once the L.A. schools actually do come into the conference. But for the moment, Indiana is staring at basically the same, you know, sort of uphill climb next year, which becomes, of course, a pivotal season for Allen. Um, and, Dustin, I, I wanted to start this with, and this is going to be long, but bear with me. I, I ran through these numbers today for a postmortem. I'm writing today that I'll file this afternoon. In the last eight years, Indiana went 45 and 53, and the 10 years before that, Indiana went 38 and 79. Um, Indiana went to four bowl games in the last six years, excuse me, the last eight years ending in 2020. Uh, They went to four bowl games in six years from 2015 to 2020. They were five and two against Purdue in that eight year stretch. That's that matches their best post World War II stretch and uh, back ended a three and 13 stretch from 1997 to 2012. Um, They put 22 players in the the NFL draft in the 20 years from 1992 to 2012, and then 12 in the eight years from 2013 to 2020. Uh, They only had three seasons in the previous decade from 03 to 12 where they won multiple Big Ten games in the same season in from 13 to 20 they only had one season where they failed to win at least two big 10 games and obviously all of that culminated in their first back-to-back winning big 10 seasons since 1987 and 1988 and i say all of that not to say that indiana fans should shut up that they should stop complaining and just just enjoy what they had while they had it that's not what i'm suggesting but it is to get back to this idea that we have discussed in different ways for a while um Indiana football had a formula and across two different head coaches across the best part of a decade, Indiana football had a formula for being much more competitive than it had been in basically the previous almost 20 years. That formula disappeared overnight in 2021. I would argue you saw little bits and pieces of it creeping back in in 2022. I mean, they doubled their win total. They won a trophy game. They won multiple Big Ten games. But not nearly enough to make you feel like all, all is well and the, the train is back on the tracks. T- to me, Indiana's got to ask the question in this offseason, just how do you get that back?
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I mean, And I think a, a piece of it is, is I don't know was if, if it was a formula that went wrong. You know, I, I, like as far as, it's it's a, you can do a lot of things right catch wrong breaks and it does it doesn't matter you know i mean i think as far as like okay how do you build a program how do you how do you acquire talent um when you're in indiana and you're you're carrying that name around and and you have to find a way to go into places where they have more successful programs um, and, you know, locally and still find a way to get players. And, you know, not, not only do that in your state where, you know, like, I mean, Indiana is not a, a huge football hotbed, but there's enough players, a, a few players that come out of Indiana. Um, but the, the the natural inclination is that if you get to a certain level, you should look at a Michigan or a Notre Dame or an Ohio state or, or, or something along those lines. And so how, how do you keep some guys in your state and how do you find other states to go, to when you can get players and, and and i think tom allen um kevin wilson and then tom allen have done as good of a job of it as as anybody has obviously you know creating a pl- pipeline uh to, to not only florida but also georgia you know getting players out of the southeast um that are you know it can be overlooked basically for all the the big time programs that are there uh there's just enough talent that's produced from those areas you can go in and and, and you know, just create yourself a pipeline um and they managed to do that i think a, a lot of the like, like, I don't know if it was necessarily like they, they got wrong formulas or the formula to stop to work, but like, you're just reminded that e- even when you do all things, well, a handful of things go wrong and you're done. And, you know, I mean, and that's unfortunately where Indiana stands is for all it takes to build a program. Uh, it doesn't take a whole lot for, you know, things to go South. And, and, you know, obviously you look at last season, a lot of injuries, you know, I mean, their quarterback from last season, that like should go to New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to win it, uh, but Michael Penix should should be in New York. He's, he threw for forty five hundred yards. He's got a you know team to finish ten and two you know, um, in the Pac-12. So, like, they had a super talented quarterback last year, and he was injured by, you know, the first weekend of October, and he wasn't the same player uh, as he had been been in previous years. But, like, I mean, they got an obnoxiously talented quarterback, you know, last year, and they lost him, and they had terrible quarterback play uh, for the year. Um, you know, you you know, this season they go out and get um, a, a junior college, you know, wide receiver that nobody had ever heard of before. He got to junior college, you know, was was extremely lightly recruited. Was like five foot nine uh, when he was coming out, and you know he was playing at an all Big Ten level before he tore his ACL in Cam Camper. I mean, like there there was there's a lot of things they've done well to get stuff and they've 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 had bad breaks uh you know last year i think you know you also have to say that, that and and this is you know tom allen has to own this and he has i i think on some level is that that um something did go wrong you know culturally uh i, I think just in a, in a sense that there, there were guys that started to just believe that they were better than they were um and they didn't they didn't have to put the same effort forward that they needed to in previous years uh you know basically they, they believed they were at a further along starting point than they were um but I don't I don't know that you necessarily look at it and say you know the, the formula is a failure, um, but the issue is is that you can catch a couple couple of back, back breaks and go south, and then once you lose lose momentum, um, it can be hard to get it back. Uh, it, it, it's going to be hard for them to continue to get the same type type of players that they were getting, um, even through this twenty twenty two class. Uh, so I like. I don't know that Tom Allen didn't figure out the major answer, but, you know, he got a couple of bad breaks, had a bad year, um, and that can put you on the path of the destruction. That's kind of all it takes when you, you haven't built really deep roots in a foundation, like as Indiana football has not over, over the decades.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to say decades there,
1: because, again,
0: like there was, for the best part of one decade, Indiana um, had some of that success, and, and that success um, – you know, frankly, like sustained and, and even improved, you know, it's, it's sort of, I guess, it's not like Indiana peaked in the middle and we could see this sort of decline coming. Right. Um And I don't want to talk too much about like the, you know, the, the, the housing wise of like what you could see on the field went wrong. We've been through a lot of that. We've written a lot sure. of that in the last couple of years, but I do think there are some things, you know, you talk about kind of the culture getting lost a little bit. And, and I don't know that these two things necessarily line up perfectly one to one, but I, I think it was, it, it felt telling as Indiana struggled at times this season, basically through that seven game, big 10 losing streak. That if it, it, it seemed like the players, Indiana thought it was going to be able to count the most on this year on both sides of the ball, the veterans, the experienced players were the ones either individually or the collective sort of, of their, their, their position groups, we're not performing to the level that we thought they would. And there is there's really just an extent to which, and I'm not calling out any one player, but there is an extent to which kind of the, in the last two years, the players, whether because of injury or just poor performance, the players that really kind of underpinned Indiana's success, if you want to take it back to 2018, because 2017 was kind of the end of a cycle. If you go look at that roster, it was very senior heavy, um, it was, you know, Tom Allen, that was Tom Allen's first season. that went five and seven. He had a lot of guys that he'd inherited on that team, um, from, from, you know, Kevin Wilson's recruiting classes and things like that. 2018 was, was very much kind of the, the, the point at which it felt like the clock was starting on rosters that were built and or developed by Tom Allen. 18, 19, 20, Indiana went what 19 and 14. They had the two bowl games. Um, they beat they went one and one against Purdue. They didn't play them in 2020. Obviously, they had the, the great COVID season, et cetera. Um, there were just a number of players in in that sort of stretch that's that were still there in 21, and even to some extent this year, that just kind of stopped getting better. Yeah. And and in some cases, I would argue, even at least in terms of statistical performance regressed and some of that can be related you know if you're if you're worse in the pass rush then your secondary numbers aren't going to look as good or vice mm-hmm. versa you know that, that that stuff is always sort of interconnected um but you felt like and again maybe some of it goes back to culture and some of it, certainly injuries with a michael Penix or you know a a, a, a taiwan mullen in 2020 that kind of thing um you just felt like the, these guys that looked like they were sort of a golden generation for iu football mm-hmm. didn't really turn out that way and it wasn't until because we have talked and I think rightly so about a lot of the improved recruiting Indiana's done in the last few years Um it wasn't really until the second half of this season that you started to see some of the younger players on this roster break through a little bit more and right. you know a, a Tim Weaver get moved to one side for a Khalil Benson mm-hmm. uh, Dexter Williams supplant you know Connor Bazelak And I guess, you know, in a way, I know Tuttle gets injured, but in a way, Jack Tuttle, um, you know, seeing more and more of Desan McCullough, seeing more of younger players at the linebacker spot in the secondary, et cetera. Um, And those players didn't always excel. But the point is, it took the best part of two seasons for them to perform to a level that basically finally pushed guys that were probably underperforming based on their previous sort of experience out. And that is again, goes back to this idea that it feels like something malfunctioned a little bit culturally,
1: yeah, no, I think yes, and and I and it's hard to kind of pin down what that is. I mean, I like I think a lot of people you know, it's not as simple as just bagging on lao and I, and, I, and I don't like when people do that just because I think it's like i I don't think the prop the fact that they whether they liked each other or not liked each other, or loved each other. Um, is 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 a negative issue? I don't think it would be it would be a problem if they did, um, but yeah, no, I, I there were just like part of it is some guys were established and it was hard to knock them off. I mean, like, were you going to like were you going to start Philip Dunham in in place of Devon Matthews? Um, you know, were you going to start anybody ahead of? you know, Jalen Williams and Taiwan Mullen. And, 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 you know, those guys obviously just as a collective didn't perform at the level you would have thought, I mean, you would have thought. And young I mean,
0: players you need have, to develop. I, I want to be clear. I understand that too. Like yeah. young players don't just show up better, but it's kind of this idea right. that they weren't performing well and there was nobody behind them that was pushing them out of the way.
1: Right. Exactly. And, and, you know, guys got opportunities this year because I mean, they, they did, because of the offensive pace uh, there were, there, there was a lot of more, you know, shifting around defenses. I mean, they had, you know, kind of several, uh sort of lines uh you know basically in the defensive backfield and you know there was also the piece that they had they had recruited older guys jonathan haynes you know places guys like that that were um you know you know recent transfers or whatnot you know guys like chris keys and 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 bryson bonds and such uh you know we're getting thrown in there as well like on top of you know all these like you know you know much younger guys that the trevell mullins and uh philip dunham's and whatnot so it was like trying to get all of those guys opportunities um i i think was obviously a challenge even for as as much as they were there were more reps because they were playing more plays um but it you know it it didn't seem like anybody got to the point of being really established uh as far as the young guys were concerned and the older guys weren't playing at at the all big ten level that that you needed to see from them so um it's you know it's it's weird to kind of categorize uh, I, I think that shift. But yeah, you you haven't seen the sort of, you know, younger generation of 2021-22 classes that were pretty highly regarded uh, take over yet. You, you, you've had some players that have been around longer than they would have if not for the COVID season, you know, several guys stuck around to play fifth and sixth years. Um, and that's helped on some levels and some levels it hasn't. Um you know some levels those, those guys didn't take extra steps. Sometimes obviously some of the guys got hurt. Certainly Cam Jones was I think in the middle of a special season. Uh you know before he got hurt. Uh Aaron Casey as well. Um you know even though he was just barely you know like uh didn't get on the floor, floor a lot this season but was um you know had, had a pretty strong year this year. But yeah, no I, I like the, it, it there hasn't been a passing of the torch yet. Um, and, but the issue is that you, you have a couple good classes that are coming through. You've already lost some of those guys, uh, to transfer and whatnot, and you're going, you you know, they're going to be coming forward through the pipeline, but you know, the next couple classes are not going to be as strong. Um, and so there, there's going to be some gain there. I mean, that you're going to see some guys flash and say, okay, where were they? Uh, but you're also going to see, um, you know, some, some holes, I guess. And it's, so it's just the, it's not the formula that's the issue. It's tough, tough to sort of like put this you know, into in kind of a succinct wording. Um, but yeah, you're you're not seeing kind of the next class of guys take over and you have seen the previous group uh, stay longer than they ordinarily would have. And that hasn't necessarily paid off the way that you would have expected.
0: Yeah, I think that's I mean, that's an assumption I think we all made. And I don't want to get too hung up on the COVID stuff, but that was an assumption I think we all made after 2020 when the NCAA gave everybody the year back was that it would be best for programs like Indiana. And essentially the programs that had to be better at development and had to be better at recruiting and all that stuff, getting an extra year with some of these guys was going to be better for Indiana than it was going to be for Ohio state because Ohio state's players would just leave and be replaced, but Indiana would get more time. I do wonder like to what extent, you know, almost maybe it was too much time, especially given the context of last year and how much we heard about, you know, the, the, just kind of this idea that maybe, too many guys, too, too, too much was allowed to slide in terms of the quality of off-season work and preparation and commitment. And that once the season started, too many guys kind of it was it was too easy for too many guys to disengage when things kind of got mm-hmm. difficult again. Um, for the first time in in, you know, a few, I mean, really a few years. I mean, you know, that Indiana hadn't had a seen season like that in a decade. Um but I think that that going forward, you know, this is one of those things that Indiana has got to um, that Tom Allen. I think that this is on this is something that's on Tom Allen is getting that culture back. And, and it's going to it's always got to look a little different. It's It's got to be different based on the complexion of your roster and what, you know, mm. basically the ambition you sold your 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 players and when you recruited them and all those different kinds of things, like you can't, you can't sell on the idea of like, you know, come make Indiana the feisty upstart again. Indiana was that like now it's, 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 it's it's a different message with the same sort of underpinnings. Mm. Uh, And he's going to have to do that. Well, I think not, not just in high school recruiting, but probably in particular in the portal where he's had some success, not amazing success, but Ryder Anderson was a good addition in 2021. Mm. And I I do tend to think Sean Shivers, for what Indiana asked of him was and Josh Henderson between them for what Indiana asked of them were pretty good additions in 2022. Not every player Mm -hmm. hit. I think there's even some where the jury's out, like, you know, a a Brylon Lanier is a player that I think Indiana could count on more as, as kind of the years go on. Um, But having sort of said all that and, and having said, you know, having kind of put that part of it at, Tom Allen's feet, I, I would also say that on the flip side, um, there, there's got to be institutional support here in the form of NIL money because, mm-hmm. and this would be true of Indiana if they had gone six and six this year and made a bowl game. It would be true of them if they went 0-12 this year and didn't win a game. Programs like this one, are very – and this isn't even just about what Tom Allen said on his radio show a few weeks ago. This isn't even just about that. I think we've all known for a while. Programs like this one are going to be very vulnerable to losing promising young players, and we can sit here and pick out who some of those players are on this roster. Um, if NIL – if the, the NIL support isn't there to keep those players feeling like they're they're basically getting competitive deals – at Indiana that, that other programs will be happy to step in and put a little bit more money on their plate than Indiana can offer. We've seen Scott Dolson kind of pumping and, and his staff pumping the collectives more. There was the million dollar matching gift to Hoosiers for good and Hoosiers connect um, that basically will could max out at $2 million total. Uh, A lot of that money is expected to go to football. Um, But the reality is at the same time, and I wrote this and, and I, I you know, I got some blowback from IU fans for being critical of them with this. I stand firmly by it. It's never been easier for fans to financially affect the success of their football program than it is right now. Um, and you can say, well, we don't want to give money because we think the team stinks. Well, Auburn is, is touting, like 14 million total and like 8 million for football or whatever it is. And those people hated their head coach while they were raising all this money. The point is NIL should outlast a head coach. It should in some ways be independent of a head coach. It needs to be part of the equation now because it just is. And so there's, there's, there's an element of this that has to be geared up institutionally to help Tom Allen. Or if at some point you do have to move on, whoever replaces him or Indiana will just get picked off in the NIL era.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And and it's obviously, this whole thing has moved really, really fast. And it has gotten to the point already that um, it, it can't be a situation where you just allow the market to dictate. Um, if, if you're Indiana, you have to find a way to funnel money to people, to <laughs> players that might not bring the same return on investment um, as, as far as their... Um, Reach and whatnot. Uh, you had to just find a way to to you know make it so that it's attractive, um, you know, from an NIL standpoint. Uh, to play Indiana football. And, and obviously, you know, like you can throw all kinds of money at Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson. They're not going anywhere. I mean, they obviously they're going to go, you know, professionally after this and whatnot, but, um, you know, they're in good shape and, um, you know, like, but, and they can, but the thing is, is that if you're using them for advertise advertising, you know, there, there's potential ROI there. Cause everybody knows who you are. You know, everybody knows who Trace Jackson Davis is. And if he's, you know, uh, putting his face behind something there's there's, there's potential value to that. It's like, okay, are you going to have the same value for Indiana? Indiana's right guard. You know, uh, that's tough. I mean, so it, it has to be the collectives that get into it and just decide that, um, you know, they're going to throw NIL money at people whose name, image, and like this is not that valuable, um, you know, just on the open market. It just isn't. Um, so there's going to just, th- th- there's going to have to be just considered effort to do that too, um And to be clear, that, that will, if that is the case, that
0: will not make them unique. Like sure. the, no, absolutely the, the biggest fundamental challenge, like the most, the mm-hmm. most, the most, like like foundational fundamental challenge of of uh, nil right now is that the market is totally skewed. That yeah. we haven't figured out exactly what, like what value the average, not the Trace Jackson Davises or the you know the the C J
1: Stroud, right, youngs, yeah, exactly, but
0: like the the starting left guard for. The eighth best Big Ten team in, you know, in 2022. What is he worth? Because on the one hand, if he's the eighth best Big Ten team, or if he's on the eighth best Big Ten team, they're probably going bowling, and they're probably going bowling in part because they've got at least relatively competent offensive line play of which he contributes. On the other hand,
1: who knows who he is?
0: He's fairly anonymous.
1: Yeah, exactly. From
0: a, a, a regional, much less a national perspective. So. Right. Like th- this whole thing is completely skewed. And that's mm, as much exactly. as anything. I think what scares coaches, that's not just at IU, that's every coach I've talked to sure. about NIL mm-hmm. on the record, off the record. They're scared because they don't understand it. They can't control it. They don't have any idea like how much is enough. Right. But exactly. for the moment, yeah. y- you've got to,
1: yeah. I mean, you've got
0: to live in that, you know, in that chaos mm-hmm. or you'll get swept
1: right. away. Yeah. And, and and exactly. You, you have to to find a place for it. And, and I, I guess What what is tough, like you said, is that you could go into it, I think, as a coach, like my sort of mindset, just as a, you know, outside observer, journalist, whatever, was that this will correct itself by the fact that the market will correct itself, that that just economic factors will tell you, okay, here's who's going to make money, here's who's not, you know, this is like... a coach doesn't have to worry about driving this because it's just going to be like, no, just let them go. Cause that's what it should have always been in the first place is these kids should have been able to make money off of themselves outside of the athletic department. Uh, They should have been able to find, you know, if someone else wanted to throw money at them, that should have been allowed. Um, And, but the issue is, is that when you've, you've created, you know, collectives and stuff like that to make sure that, you know, everybody's getting paid and you can guarantee it on some level, that's when it becomes really difficult. And you can't use athletic department money to do that. Um, and you can't pay them, them for play. Um, so you got to find other ways of of, of making that happen. Um, and, you know, it's, it's hard to command if you're Indiana to say, okay, someone's got to pay my left guard, you know? So like, I need my left guard. He can't go anywhere. I, I can't have him going someplace where they are going to pay him. Um, you know, who's going to do it? Cause all right. Like how many, you know, but like, yeah, like from an advertising perspective, you know, how many people know how important Zach Carpenter and Mike Kadig are, you know, and how much money are they willing to throw at those guys? Um, And it's particularly when the, when the O-line is struggling, how do you, you know, make sure, okay, why well, I still can't lose the veterans, you know Um, like, it, it, even though you want the O-line coach fired, I still need to keep these guys. Someone has to make sure that someone gets some level uh, of, of money for these guys to keep them around and it doesn't have to be seven figures, but it's gotta be something. So, you know, and, and how much does that have to be? Um, and I think like to the cultural way. point with, with Allen, mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off, but I think that the cultural point for Tom Allen in mm-hmm.
0: a way, I think there's an extent to which, and I use Auburn as the example because Auburn like could not wait to tell people how much NIL money it had for its next head coach. It was all over the internet right, right. after they fired Brian Harson. And actually, like Auburn's been flipping guys from like LSU with an interim head coach mm-hmm. and a coaching search that has been, you know, that is yeah. kind of careened into its its inevitable Auburnness now. With yes. you know, based yeah, on yeah. what you you expect, um, and obviously Indiana's not Auburn. I'm not making a one to one comparison, but what I would say is you're almost entering a, a period where. Players, I think, may actually wind up being more loyal to the program and the mm. head coach than, you know, a lot of times when a position coach leaves, you think, well, will you lose some recruits because right. the, 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 that position coach was the, the, the strongest relationship there? Or will a guy maybe look to transfer because that was the guy he was here to play for? And I'm not saying that won't happen, but I think right. there's there's an extent to which, especially in a program like Indiana where it's, it's you know, it's – you can have good players, but it's not like all of them are going to have a bunch of top 10 teams banging on their door saying, come play for us. Um, the, uh, the, the extent to which, like, I think you you can almost build a, you can almost build kind of a, a, a culture where it's more like we make sure we take care of our players from an NIL perspective and the coach, the, the position coaches may not matter so much. The success does the the, the, right. the you know the 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 sort of national appeal and attention, all that that stuff does, the winning does, and everything that comes with that. But NIL almost becomes the vehicle through which I think players feel a certain loyalty to you know the the program. And and I like I know that people get uncomfortable when you say that. I get that. Mm. Um but like imagine you, and I'm not talking about you, I'm I'm saying you, the listener have whatever job you have, and some competitor steps in and says, they'll give you basically a promotion and an extra $15,000 a year. And you Mm -hmm. go back to your boss and you say, I'd like to stay here. I have a good working relationship with everyone here. I've enjoyed my time here, but that's, that's life-changing money for my family. Right. If that company says, "Well, we can, you know, we make, we can't do fifteen, but we can do a, a we can do twelve, and we can give you a, a, a title bump," well, you might feel right. like staying, yeah, because you say, uh, you know, it's it's worth leaving three thousand dollars on the table because of all the things that I gained by staying. Mm-hmm. But if that company says, "Nope, sorry, you're getting can't the best you do," yeah. you're leaving. That's that's not. It's 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 not that dissimilar. And I think that that's where building like a culture of basically just like guys knowing that they'll be taken care of, not on five million dollar deals and some of this crazy stuff that grabs headlines and makes money. By the way, a lot of that, I I promise you, is is water cooler rumors. But um, but just by guys feeling like they're taken care of. I think that that's that's something where, again, Tom Allen needs the institutional support, not from the athletic department. They can't give money to it. They can't fundraise for it. But from just the booster base, the donor base, he needs the the resources to do that. But then he needs to take those resources as he gets them and build kind of that culture that, that guys feel like, you know, here, the coach respects me. I'm treated well. I mm-hmm. feel that, that, you know, mutual respect and affection. And on the NIL side, I'm not being asked to just sort of make do with pennies on the dollar compared to what all my friends at other schools are making.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, and, and and yes, small thing on that. Obviously, uh, you know, when when it comes to money, like we, we we've really spent a lot of time acting like it's totally cool. These kids don't get paid anything. And it's just, you know, like when like you're valuable, like it's, it, you know, it, it really is like a scenario where like when you think about the few times in your life when you, or, or the times in your life when you're valuable, you really got to make the most of it because like you got to pay for stuff for the rest of your life. Like you really do, you know, like maybe I'm, I look at this different because we just bought a house in March. Like, man, like you, you, you are, you are like committed to pay a whole lot of stuff. Like when you like when you actually have value as a college football player and especially if you're not going to be an NFL guy, you know, like you really like I I could imagine thinking like you really got to maximize on this you got to take this all that you can save it so that it's ready for you when you're going to need it down the road you know when, you, when you're going to be working a fifty thousand dollar a year job like everybody else and like, you got a pocket of 200 grand or whatever that you made when you were playing college football like that, that that'll make a huge difference for you that is life-changing you know like it, it doesn't make you a rich man it makes you somebody that can you know afford all those things that you have to buy so like we, we got to like be more human when it comes to talking about these kids we, like, we've been sort of enjoying their poverty for way too long um but another just quick thing i want to make about like the covid and everything else like everybody picking sticking around like made it so that tom allen didn't necessarily get to have get to be allowed a down cycle team you know because these guys were still around like if, if 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 2020 was the peak and then everybody left after that if 2021 was bad you wouldn't have held it against him so because so many of those guys stuck around, 2 and 10 looks so much worse because they were preseason top 25. And then this year, I think probably, you know, almost should have been a down cycle team. Like, like, like if, if you really kind of look at the, um, you know, sort of where things were going, like to, this year should have cycled down to something like 4 and 8. But it looks so much worse because it's stacked on top of 2 and 10. And it looks, ba- looks bad from a fan perspective, but not only that, it looks bad for recruiting. So it has a, a chance to perpetuate in in a way that if they had had a really peak season, if, if COVID hadn't happened, and you imagine a scenario where that team plays a whole season, goes nine and three, you know, let, let's say they they lose, you know, eight and four, nine and three. Let's say they they maybe lose to Penn State or Michigan, you know, a, a game that they won, um, and you imagine them roll, you know, running the table in non conference. And they go, you know, nine and three or whatever. And then a bunch of those guys leave, you know, a bunch of those guys are out of eligibility that stuck around for 50 years, Ty Fry, Fogel et cetera, move on. Uh, and last year is a little bit worse. And this year is a little bit worse, but you can sort of see these next classes sort of coming in that are going to bump it back up you're not looking at Tom Allen and saying he's you know like he's got to go out the door you're just thinking okay like there was going to be a down cycle here you know they're going to lose some guys and they were going to have to take a step back but they're going to take a step forward you know instead because some of these guys have stuck around you know that then the the bad years have looked so much worse than they would have um because guys that were part of that main team you know stuck around and and still didn't have a good year
0: and i do think i mean listen i think there is an extent to which you, you, you do have to kind of like, I'm trying to figure out a way to say this, that acknowledges basically that, that the last, you know, um, the last two years have not been good enough, but that there, there can be a, there can be a solution other than just sort of reflexively giving up. Um, Because while Tom Allen is, is, is not getting fired um and he's not right now. Um, right yeah, um <laughs> he's, he's not getting fired this year this is yeah. there is a a great extent to which um you know he's it, it it it's gonna be hard I think it's fair to say for him to recover his position with IU fans from here um and I just think like there's got to be some in between to at least acknowledge like Indiana did double its win total this year. Indiana did beat, you know, two teams in the big 10 and what they lost by seven to Rutgers. They lost by five to Maryland. They lost by 14 to Purdue, but that game was closer. If Dexter Williams doesn't blow out his knee, Yeah. Uh, I do wonder like how different the conversation would be colored if Dexter Williams Stays healthy. Indiana wins the bucket game and finishes five and seven. If there's more hope for next season, but now all of a sudden totally. you're in the four and eight, you lost the bucket game, and we don't know if Dexter Williams is going to be healthy going forward. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, to to your point, I think you're right. Like if 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 2020 had even been something like eight and five, and then they'd gone four and eight this year, then I think a lot of people would say, well, that you know, that's got to be part of the equation, and they just need to get better. But you know, because 2021 was so bad, yeah. Um, 2022 is colored by it, is contextualized by it. True. Right. I, I just think I think Tom Allen deserves another chance at this. Like he found this formula that worked, and he mm-hmm. deserves, I think, another chance to to try and capture it. And I'm not saying you you know I'm not saying everyone just blindly sort of falls in line, but on the other hand, that that chance to recapture it cannot be. OK, you get no time and no help and no patience and no support. Go do it again. Right. It has to be a genuine effort. Um, but I don't know how you do that in the in the, the modern sort of context.
1: Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, those. if he gets a chance, he gets a chance. If he's still getting paid, you know, four million a year, uh, then he has institutional support. If they're still paying his assistant coaches and if they're still keeping the lights on, then he's got institutional support. You know, I mean, as far as the fan base not being happy or whether they show up or whether they don't, you know, like that's what the money's for, you know. And so it's just like if if, if he is still around and he is still getting paid like a top 40 college football coach, then he is getting institutional support. And so, like, you know, obviously don't do anything that makes it harder. Um, but if he gets a chance, he gets a chance. And, you know, yeah, like don't be in the background saying, you know, he's going to get fired or he's coaching for his job or, or whatever. You know, if it doesn't get better, it doesn't get better. Um, but, you know, put as much, uh, you know, confidence behind him as you can. Uh, but obviously, yeah, I mean, like he's not on it. He, he's he's not on a good track. I think we could say this. It, he is on the track to eventually getting fired and he has to pull up. Um, but there is, you know, institutional a bit like stuff there that that given the opportunity to to pull up. Um,
0: we have gone up to our 40 minute time window. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Dustin, for coming back. This has been mind your band we're ho- Hopefully we answered at least some of your questions. I don't know if we did or not, or if we answered our own. Um hmm. But uh, this has been Mind Your Banners from November 28th, 2022, a fascinating offseason ahead for IU football. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Dustin, for joining. We will talk to you soon.